0: me again, um, if you've got your Bibles open, it might be uh, good to uh, keep it open, as I have some, some other slides for you to show, um, so if you can open up to um, Jonah chapter 2, that'd be, I think that would be helpful. Um, Jonah's uh, story of uh, uh, going up and going down, uh, and um, we hear uh, 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 this incredible story of uh, up and down uh, for Jonah. Uh, In verse, uh, uh, especially the story of this miracle of this man uh, being saved from the belly of a fish. Have a look at verse uh, one, verse seventeen again. The Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly fish of the fish for three days and three nights. And it's quite incredible. Uh, You know, uh, is it? You know, we've got question about whether it's a whale or is it a uh, ancient sea creature. But then the, the story gets even more incredulous. The notion of a man uh, being inside the creature for, for three days and three nights. Um, this is in- incredible because it requires some sort of biological impossibility. Jonah would have to somehow fit through the mouth of, the, of this fish um, hole, avoiding the, uh, maybe the sharp teeth and everything else. Then it's going to move his way to the stomach and then somehow survive in gastric juices, uh, lack of oxygen, and uh, so you've got this kind of, something in, the, in the children's Bible, this picture of Jonah sitting in the, in the, in the stomach, like a, like a little small cave with a little candle. Uh, that's pretty much impossible. Uh, some testify that this is quite possible because of a, a story of a whaler named James Bartley, who in 1891 uh, reportedly fell into the sea uh, while harpooning a large sperm whale. And, uh, and then later on, when they caught the whale and um, dissected it, he was found in the whale's stomach unconscious, but still alive. Um, but this story has since been, um, uh, been shown to be a hoax based on newspapers reporting on each other based on a, a rumor. And the uh, closest eyewitness, the widow of the ship's captain, uh, denied that that ever happened. So if we're trying to find a scientific answer for this, the answer still eludes us as to how this is possible. Yet we are called to believe that this story is true uh, and, to be, and to be as confident as Jesus was when he quotes Jonah as being true. In Matthew 12, uh, Jesus compares Jonah with himself, a real person with a real person. Uh, Some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. He answered, A wicked and adulterous generation asked for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Uh, and Jesus wasn't metaphorically uh, dead. Um, we don't answer what this, how this is possible, um, but perhaps that's not the point. Our current problem with this story is not really with the great fish or with the three days or three nights, but maybe the problem sometimes we have with miracles is the problem with the first three words uh, of, um, of uh, Jonah uh, 2. Now the Lord, isn't it? Now the Lord. The fact is that if we believe in the Lord, in uh, this Yahweh, who is sovereign and in control of the elements, as we saw last week, then it is not a problem to hold on to the story of a great fish that swallowed Jonah. Uh, this was the problem of the ancient Jews and the sect of the, uh, the, the Jews, uh, the, the, the Sadducees of the first uh, century. They wanted to see uh, a sign. They wanted proof of God. Uh, and then when it was given, the crucified Messiah, the sign of Jonah, they did not believe God. Today, it is not because of evidence that we don't believe, It is because of unbelief that we don't believe. Uh, So today, often miracles in the Bible is raised as the objection to the truthfulness of the Bible uh, that is full of fairy tales, and so therefore maybe we don't have to take it seriously. Well, the first thing to note about miracles is that they serve as special signs. They are not everyday uh, everyday events. That is, they are rare. Uh, One person has sort of tried to count the miracles in the Bible, and he counted about 123 miracles uh, and there's sort of, uh, in the, in, so, so it basically means in 4,000 years of, of uh, history of God, God with his people, Israel, um, maybe that's one miracle per 300, 400 years. Uh, and then there's a whole stack of them when Jesus comes, um, which is not really aligned with, with how we expect miracles today, is it? That we expect to see it every day, whether on guidance, on, on, on which university course to take, or what shares to buy, or... Uh, whether uh, uh, the cure for illness. Uh, secondly, these signs from God are not ordinary everyday events uh, because they are key points in salvation history. That is, God uh, has interacted with the world a certain way, a certain history, with, especially with, the, with Israel, and so that's been recorded for us. That's why there were miracles like, like floods and, and plagues or Jesus' miracles. Uh, and that's why it's recorded in the bible um, so if i mean if you happen to pass an exam uh, you might have thought that you thought you were going to fail um, yes god is gracious but this is not a sign it's not part of god's salvation history is it um, no one's recording this for the for, for the ages to come so in jonah's case the sign of the fish is something to teach us about a key point of god's interaction with israel and that answer is going to wait for await us in chapter four okay Uh, Thirdly, if there is a divine God and He wants to give a sign, it would be necessary through a miraculous sign. How else is He going to get our attention? So, uh, He's got to do something apart from the ordinariness of life, something extraordinary. The whole point of signs is that it stands out. Uh, Imagine if a a neon sign is there, but it's turned off in the dark. Or uh, or on the road, you know, green words on a green board. That's not going to help. The purpose of science is to stand out. That's why it's miraculous. That's why it's all like, that's impossible. How, how does that science, you know, that's why we have these problems with that. By its nature, uh, that's what miracles are. So the problem in, uh, with uh, science is not that they are miraculous. Um, but it's whether we believe there is a God or not. If there is a God, we won't have any problems with the science of God. Um, a couple of years ago, the President of the United States came to, uh, came to Brisbane, um, and things worked differently for a few days there. Uh, there were lots of exceptions to the rules. Uh, the, the, the traffic stopped, you know, even though it was a, a, um, a red light, uh, the, the motorcade would still go. Um, there were a lot of different security measures taken. Lots of fancy helicopters flying around. It was strange for a few days. And someone says, look, that's because the president is here. Look at all this equipment. Look at the Secret Service detail. Look at the helicopters flying around. Listen to all the American accents. But if you're skeptical, what you will say is, no, this is Brisbane. No president of the United States is going to come here. Uh, it's a second-rate medium city. You know Why would they do that? Uh, it's unlikely that, uh, that the president of the most powerful country in the world is coming. Uh, those helicopters are not really here. You've just mistaken them for normal air flight activity. The Americans are just normal tourists being loud. The guys in black don't exist. That's a priori thinking. You've already made your conclusion, haven't you? If you believe that American citizens can come to Brisbane, well, then all these things are possible. Uh, In fact, they're all all consistent. It might be circumstantial, but they're all consistent with this general premise. And so, therefore, it's not miracles that's problem for unbelief. The problem is just unbelief. Uh, I don't want to believe that the president is in town, or I don't want to believe that Jesus is from God. And that's something that evidence cannot resolve. Uh, or evidence of miracles cannot resolve. Thankfully, Jonah is not that skeptical, and it is from this uh, inside of fish that Jonah finally prays. So, uh, verse uh, 2, verse 1, you can follow. Uh, from inside the fish, from in the belly of the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me, from deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. Uh, you might remember from last week that Jonah had numerous opportunities to pray. Uh, he had an opportunity to pray in 1 verse 5, and all, when all the sailors started praying to their own gods, but he went down below deck to sleep. And in 1 verse 6, the, the captain wakes him up and tells him to pray to your God. And again, he is silent. And in 1 uh, verse 14, the sailors pray for Jonah, but Jonah does not pray for them. But now he prays. I guess perhaps he is left with no choice. Because Jonah is has gone down. He's going down. He's he's going down in terms of physically drowning. Verse three uh, You hurled me into the depths and into the heart of the seas, and the current swirled around me. All the waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I've been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. Uh, he's been hurled, currents swirled, uh, waves and breakers swept over me. Uh, and we see sort of this picture of Jonah just immediately after he's been thrown into the sea with that big storm. And you know how after a, a storm, the, the waves still, still keep, keep, keep surging, right? So even God stops the storm. It's still raging. And he's, he's churning in that, in that ocean. Jonah uh, is drowning. Uh, once I, I nearly drowned uh, in year seven. Uh, I arrived as a new migrant in uh, Australia. Uh, the, the, the school had a, uh, a swim school, uh, and um, teachers asked if I could swim. And uh, of course I replied, yes, I can, uh, thinking how that uh, having uh, been exposed to a wading, uh, a wading pool in Malaysia somehow uh, equipped me for swimming in a, in a freestyle up this uh, uh, 100 meters uh, pool. So I thought I could, I could swim. How hard is it? I've seen it on TV. You just jump in and put your hands, right? Uh, of course, when I turned up to uh, Galston Pool, it was uh, one of the biggest pools I've ever seen. Is it Galston Pool? I think, I think it's there, I think, my recollection. Or it was a Galston High, some, something up there. Uh, it was this full-length pool, uh, Olympic size, I don't know, two and a half meters deep. And uh, the students lined up from uh, on one end, and they, just, uh, they, they, they were natural. They just dived in the pool, swam to the other side. Uh, and I'm going, okay, I've never been in a pool this deep. And I've never really swam this length before. I've, I've never really swam before, actually. Um, but everyone is uh, doing this. And we're all the same age. Can't be that difficult. And I've, in fact, I've never even dived, uh, hit into a, a pool before. So, uh, so I did that. So uh, I jumped in and I sank. Uh, drowning isn't what it looks like on TV. Uh, you, you don't have time. I don't know why they say put your hand up because I, there was no time to put your hand up to uh, or have the lung capacity to shout for help. Uh, You just sink silently, okay? Um, And it was there, I was drowning for a brief second, uh, just before my entire class jumped into the pool to save me. All these tiny fellow year sevens. Uh, So embarrassingly, I now went to the kids' pool for lessons. Uh, But I learned to swim that summer out of a, a whole, uh, uh, the only one out of a whole bunch of uh, people there. So I was glad for that. Um, Jonah, here he is, drowning silently, okay? And, uh, and the churning sea gives way to silent sea. And so verse 5, The engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. So you have this image of this deep blue ocean, where he's surrounded, and, and seaweed starts coming into his... And he sings until he reaches the bottom. Verse 6, to the roots of the mountains I sank down. So it sounds a bit like, like the, uh, I don't know how deep the, uh, the Mediterranean Ocean might uh, see what I've been, but you know, it sounds like the end, bottom of the continental shelf sort of thing. You, know, slope, you, know, you go from the beach and then sort of, it sinks down really fast, right? And there he is, he's, he's down there. Um, and that's, that sort of describes Jonah's uh, journey, isn't it? He's, he's reached the bottom. Literally. Um, In his trip, he's he's been going down all the way. In chapter 1, verse 3, he goes down to Joppa. In 1, verse 5, he goes down to the ship. That is, from the moment of disobeying God, he's been going down. Uh, So the picture is not just of being underwater, but that of being in the underworld. Jonah, for all intents and purposes, is dead. Uh, verse, uh, end of verse 6, uh, sorry, six, uh, Sorry, middle of 6, the earth beneath uh, barred me in forever. Uh, sort of bars like a prison. And then uh, rest of verse 6, but you, Lord my God, brought my life out from the pit. <clears throat> uh, describing the bottom as a, as, a, as a grave. You don't have bars and graves in the ocean. No one tries to dig a hole in the ocean, uh, ocean floor. So we're not talking about the ocean, we're talking about death. He is dead. Uh, verse 2, he's, he's been rescued uh, from the realm of the dead. Uh, Sheol, Hades, the place of the dead. A place where, verse 4, I have been banished from God's side. And then the fish is a continuation of the place of death. Uh, there is a parallel here, being in the uh, belly of Sheol uh, with being in the belly of the fish. Um, so the the, the, be, the great fish is uh, takes him, it's basically like a, a giant, it's like a, like a coffin, right? That's what it is, it's a moving coffin in the ocean. Um, he's, facing, he's, face, he's facing death. This is the consequence of sin. This is Jonah's price of rebellion against God. God has given him his will and he runs away. So what do you think God is going to do? God will punish Jonah. And God's been do, bringing Jonah down ever since he's, he's run away from God. Um, Friends, this is the same fate that faces us, for we have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. As Ephesians 2 says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the rulers of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who now works in all who are obedient. Uh, By nature, we have followed the ways of the world, the rulers of the kingdom of the air, disobedient. Uh, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts. And so therefore, by nature, we also deserve wrath. We are all going down. <clears throat> um, by, uh, by puberty, we would have reached our tallest height. And from then on, we are going down. We will shrink as our spinal and knee cartilages degrades. Right? Kinda every year we shrink down. Uh, My my dad used to be taller than me, and I've noticed lately he's shorter than me. Uh, We will begin to stoop over as uh, our spine bends, and we bend over. Uh, Then we'll perhaps go onto a wheelchair, and then we'll perhaps be horizontally bedridden until we are placed flat in our coffins, being lowered deep into our graves. And then we become worm food. And then along the food chain, we become just like Jonah, fish food. Friends, this is our ultimate fate. And it's all because of our collective and our individual guilt. But there is hope for us, uh, just as there was hope for Jonah. Jonah, realizing his predicament, desperate, knowing that he's in the belly, he's dead, in his going down, uh, he prays to God, asks for help. And so God intervenes, and things are looking up. Uh, verse 6, uh, the earth barmed me in forever, but you, my Lord, brought, me up, uh, brought my life up from the pit. And uh, in verse 7, uh, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. My prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Jonah finally prayed prays to the uh, the holy temple this is repeated in verse 4 I've been banished from your sight but I will look again toward your holy temple the holy temple probably refers to uh, the, the temple in Jerusalem the sacred place of the Hebrews uh, the temple was to be a place of um, was to be a place of uh, not just to be a place of prayer but to be the object of prayer this is the this is the one you pray to uh, or to God through okay uh, in 1 Kings, chapter 8, uh, where the, uh, the, uh, the temple is sort of commissioned uh, or, 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 or thought of, um, uh, verse 27, 8, sort of starts. Uh, Will God really dwell on earth? The heavens and even the highest heavens cannot contain you, how much less this temple I have built. Uh, so it's a temporal dwelling place. Uh, verse 28. Yet give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea of mercy, Lord my God. Hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is praying in your presence this day. May your eyes be opened towards this temple night and day, this place of which you said, my name shall be there, so that you will hear the prayer your, your servant prays towards this place. Hear the supplication of your servants and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place. Hear from heaven your dwelling place. And when you hear, forgive. So here set up a, a, a way to seek help for the for the for the Hebrews, when you're in trouble, when you know you're guilty, when you need forgiveness, go and pray towards this temple. Uh, even uh, pray at the temple, pray to the, temp- to the temple, uh, and God will hear it and He will forgive. And so this was necessary as as Israel rather than sort of be in one place, they were they were spread out in the in the after the conquest, and so so you needed some practice of praying. Uh, of speaking to God. And here it was. The temple was the way of doing that. You didn't have to wait for the Passover or the special uh, um, uh, 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 celebrations to, to get close to God. From anywhere, you can pray also to Yahweh. And so Jonah prays. He prays in a direction that he can only pray to. He prays in a direction of, he prays up. That's where it goes. Uh, today, the temple is no longer in Jerusalem. The temple is not the church. Uh, the true temple is Jesus. Uh, so, for example, in John 2, verse 19, Jesus answered them, destroy this temple, meaning his body, and I will raise it again in three days. That is, Jesus is the one whom God, in whom God dwells. Jesus is the one who intimately knows the Father because he comes from the Father. Uh, and so our prayer is a prayer through Jesus. Uh, to, you know, uh, to God through Jesus. Okay? So to Jesus, and then it goes to God. Uh, and because uh, Jesus is not physically here on earth, there is no particular location to pray to. We pray anywhere, uh, wherever you are, whether you're in your bedroom or in your house or you're on the your way to work on a bus. There is no particular time to pray. So pray continually, much more than five times a, week, uh, a day. Uh, and we pray anytime, anywhere in faith. And we know that he will answer uh, because of what he's done. In uh, John 2.19, it uh, talks about the destruction of his body, three days, three nights. Well, Jesus saves us and, uh, through the sign of Jonah. Back in Matthew 12, it um, speaks about, uh, for Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. This marks Jesus' descent on, to death. This is how long Jonah was in the sea and the fish, uh, to be in the place of the dead. And so Jesus now has also descended into the dead uh, for three days and and three nights, Um, not in rebellion, uh, not because of his rebellion to God, but because of his obedience to God. Uh, He did this for us. We who deserve to die uh, don't have to anymore because He has died for us. And it's because of this love that we can be guaranteed of an answer to our prayer for forgiveness. Uh, We can see this back in verse 2. He says, uh, Jonah says, In my distress I called out to the Lord. And then later uh, later in verse 2, From a deep in the realm of the dead I called for help, and you listened to my cry. Because salvation comes from the Lord. Verse 8, Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them, but I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I vowed I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. God answers his cries for help. And verse 10, the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited um, Jonah onto dry land. Uh, Jonah realizes something that, uh, that many in the world do not realize. There is only one way out of death, and that's through God. And we cry out to God to, for, uh, to rescue us. And God promises to lift us up. In Ephesians 2, to, uh, 2, after talking about how we're dead in our transgressions, isn't it amazing to hear about this message of hope? Uh, verse 5, uh, Ephesians, Ephesians 2 verse 5, He has made us alive in Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved and God raised us up. With Christ and seated us with the heavenly realms. Instead of going down, he has taken us up to where he is. Uh, and not just only after we die, he takes us up. But even, you know, it's not perfect in its in you know not consistent. But even in this life, he brings us up. Uh, he lifts us up on earth too. Does he not give us joy? Does he not give us hope? Does He not improve our lives as we follow the commandments of God? Uh, Did He not give us this civilization that we live in? Is it not through Christians who know about the the things of God, uh, who follow Him, who has given us our laws today, that gives us safety, that gives us certain freedoms, uh, that ultimately has given us Australia, this wonderful place that millions of people just want to get to because where they are, where they follow a different God, it's horrible. and They want to come here for safety. Uh, so this, is, this, uh, this, this don't take uh, Australia for granted. Um, Christianity has shaped it in a profound way. Um, but yet, uh, as this election is, is, is highlighting, there are people who would seek to bring it down. Uh, so we've got to try and promote the Christian faith and to defend it whatever way we can, um, because it's good for everyone uh, to, to follow, even, even if they don't quite know this God yet, but the, but the infrastructure, the civilization that's built by Christians, that's worth defending still. And I believe that, will, that civilization will also lead us to more gospel proclamation. It's not very easy uh, to pray, proclaim the gospel when you're no longer allowed to be in public schools anymore. Okay? So we've got to come on, somehow keep maintaining that. So I hope you'll be, you'll be wise um, this election. Um, but ultimately, the, the, the ultimate miracle that surpasses all miracle is the miracle of salvation. It's a miracle of deciding to live for Christ and so to go from death to life. Uh, this salvation from the Lord. That even though we're deserving of going down there's a way up, so let us, uh, if you haven't done so, put our trust in Him uh, and to call on the name of the Lord. Uh, let me pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for what He has done for us; that He has gone to the belly of death for our sakes, uh, that He died in order to save us. Lord, help us to trust in You, and now that uh, so that we, so now we are on a journey up. Uh, help us to live our lives in, uh, in, in a way that's consistent to how you've taught us, to make a difference in this world, to bring other people to a knowledge of salvation as well. Uh, help us to do all this as we look forward to heaven. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.